John chapter 6 is where we're going to be today. So John 6, and I texted David, and I said 1 through 21. I think I got ahead of myself. I think we're going to go to, I think it is 14, but I still need to get there as well. So while I flip there, you guys flip there. John 6, verse 1. And if you guys don't know me, hi, my name is Josh. Um, I've been coming here for some time now. Um, my wife, Marissa, back there, and my son, Jesse, have been here for a minute. Um, we've been a part of this body and been listening to Steve and David over, over the years, and I'm pretty humbled today to be with you guys and being able to share the word. Um, I had the really cool opportunity to share with the college, um, or the Calvary Bible Institute on Friday of this past week, so two days ago. It's two hours. John 6 and John 7, it's 124 verses, and it was nerve-wracking. I, I wasn't sure how to do that. I don't think I've talked for two hours straight in my life. I don't like doing that. <laughs> that's, that's, not my, that's not my style. But it was cool, as the Lord throughout last week and uh, the week before that, as I got to prep for it, and the nerves were going, and the, the reading and the prayer and the reading and the notes all took place for 124 verses in two hours, and the Lord came through on Friday, and we got through it. It was awesome. And I was super, super encouraged, well, frightened last night when David texted me, hey, you down? I was working. So it wasn't like I could stop what I was doing and just sit down and study and get ready. I wouldn't have been home till like almost 10 p.m. that night. So I was like, okay, here we go. But the Lord is so faithful, and he knew and he allowed me to go through that Bible college study for that long section, knowing that this would take place today. So I'm super stoked to tell you guys today, and we're going to get into it a little more, that God is faithful, and he knows what we're going through. But that's where we'll be in John 6, and I'm going to read just a couple verses, and uh, we'll get going. And I, guys, if today is a little shorter, I apologize, but we're going to get through it. After these things... Jesus went over the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias. Then a great multitude followed him, because they saw his signs, which he performed on those who were diseased. So verse 1 and 2, they give us a little context here. In chapter 6 of John, this is kind of the, the high point of Jesus' popularity during his ministry. In chapter 5, we don't have time this morning but go back and check it out. In chapter 5, Jesus heals the lame man at the pool of Bethesda. Do you guys remember that? 38 years he's there, and no one can help him get to the pool. And Jesus comes up, do you want to be healed? There's no one to take me to the pool. And he says, hey, pick up your bed and walk. Let's get out of here. So this is right after that scene in Jerusalem, the hot spot. And the religious leaders of that time and the people around there are furious because that fell on a Sabbath day. So they wish to kill Jesus. So Jesus escapes now into the Galilee region, but the buzz is going. It's real. It's big time. There's a massive, massive popularity. The polls are off the charts. If it was election year, he'd be leading. He's very, very popular. 
And apparently in verse 2, we see that a great multitude was following him. But I want you guys to see something about this multitude. Because they saw his signs which he performed on those who were diseased. Now we get to see something about the crowd. And if we were going through all of six today, I'd be able to share with you a little more. It goes in depth as kind of this wave of the crowd we see here in this verse 2. They weren't there necessarily just because they wanted Jesus to be their Savior. They weren't relying on Jesus to be their be-all, end-all spiritually, their Messiah. They saw the cool things he was doing that were helping them. He was feeding them. He was opening the eyes of the blind, opening the ears of the deaf, and the lame were walking. The sick were healed. The dead were raised. Or risen. Rise? Rised. Nah. But they're following him regardless because of what he was doing, not because of who he was. And it was interesting studying that, and I thought about, man, that happens today, doesn't it? Maybe even this morning you hear it today. And last week was awesome. David gave a great message. Teared up. Me too. The worship was incredible. It was emotional. It was awesome. It was tangible. It was very relatable. And so maybe you're here and you're thinking, last week was great. I got that spiritual buzz, that spiritual high. I'm going back to Jesus. I'm going back to church so that I can get more of that. I would warn you to be careful. It's a great benefit of walking with the Lord. He does lift up our spirit. He does cause great things to happen. We see Jesus do amazing things. But if we're showing up, if we're following him just based on the buzz that we get, can I tell you that if you're really going to walk with the Lord, it's no walk in the park. That's not the reality. Amen? Believers who have walked with the Lord for a while, they know this. <clears throat> There's some hard things that come. And no doubt, uh, in chapter 6 later on, again, we won't get to it. <coughs> David's sick. I'm like less sick. So that's how it worked out today. If I do cough for that, I apologize. But in chapter 6, later on, we're going to see that when the truth of who Jesus is and what is required for those who follow him, when, it, when the rubber hits the road for these guys, that spiritual high, that buzz, that popularity went and dropped to the floor. Later on in the chapter, Jesus is going to claim, hey, I am the bread of life. If you don't eat of me, if you don't drink of me, you're dead inside. You have no life. And Jesus makes this awesome but stern distinction of, hey, I am the bread of life. Do not perish for the bread that perishes. It's all going the way. The flesh profits nothing. And it was a hard saying for these guys. So this crowd that was following because of the cool things that they saw Jesus do, when the rubber hit the road and it was really go time and Jesus said, hey, here it is. It's this or it's this. Either you accept me, the bread of life, and you follow me, you ingest me, identify with me, or you have no life at all. It says later in 6 that it was a hard saying. And again, guys, I would, I would warn you if you're here today and you're following or you're just here because your parents brought you or if you had a cool experience May I gently but lovingly say, hey, the benefits are wonderful, but that's not why we follow. We follow because Jesus is God. 
and apart from him there is no life. Amen? These guys didn't have John 6 to study. We have the amazing benefit of reading that and understanding that. Amen? Right on. Verse 3. And Jesus went up on the mountain, and there he sat with his disciples. Now the Passover, a feast of the Jews, was near. So, again, a little more context. It's around Passover time. Jesus is being thronged by the multitudes. So he takes the boys and himself, and he sneaks away. He sneaks away to the mountaintop. And again, just a quick point. We see Jesus do this a ton through the Gospels. They said he would rise early and go away to meet with who? With the Father. So here, as the busyness is going, it's popping off. It's popular. It's crazy. Cable news is there. Reporters in his face. And Jesus grabs the guys and he says, hey, hey, let's sneak away. We need to get away. What a wonderful example. Amen. I'm guilty of this, but how I need to take and learn from Jesus' example here. When life gets crazy, when life gets busy, when it gets insane, if we don't come apart to be with Jesus, to be with the Father, we will come apart. If we don't set that time aside to be with the Lord, we won't set the time aside. The time will eat you up. But Jesus takes the boys and they sneak away. Not very sneakily, apparently. Verse 5, Then Jesus lifted up his eyes and seeing a great multitude coming toward him, he said to Philip, where shall we buy bread that these may eat? How bummed was Philip? Anyone but Philip. <laughs> Why are you asking me? It's like 5,000 men, but it states, or it doesn't state, but the, the caveat here is like it was 5,000 men, but could have easily been like fifteen to 20,000 people with women and children included. This massive crowd is following them. And Jesus looks over at Philip and he says, Hey, what should we do? The only time Jesus ever asked for advice in the Gospels. Hey, what do, you, what do we do here, Philip? Now, why Philip? He was from the region. It's like if Jesus was, if this was happening in Kilauea, and he said, all right, guys, let's, let's sneak away to the lighthouse. And then the crowd comes, and we see them rumble down the hill and walking toward the lighthouse. And Jesus turns to Devin Swanson. Devin, you're from here. Where should we buy bread? Too spendy. Too spendy. Nah, nah, nah. Verse 6. This is the verse I kind of want to hone in on and spend a little time on. This is the one that I was really blessed by and encouraged by. So Philip gets this impossible question. Philip, what are we going to do here? You're from here. How are we going to handle this? But verse 6 says, But this he said to test him. This one's important, guys. If you have a pen, or if you're writing down notes, underline, or check this out. But this he said to test him, for he himself knew what he would do. I love that. I've worked at a chicken in a barrel for a while. And when like three families of five or six come in, I'm freaking out. And there's, oh no, there's not enough chicken on the line. We don't make enough rice. 
what's going on here? We don't know how to, imagine 5,000 walk through the door at the bar and you're just, oh no. What a situation to be in. Gnarly. PK is like, no, 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 no. <laughs> what a scenario. But verse 6 was beautiful. It was a test from the Lord. And he knew what he would do. Guys, can I tell you? If there's something going on in your life today, maybe a test that the Lord's put in front of you, something that seems really, really big or borderline impossible, before the Lord gave it to you, he knew what he would do. Amen? I don't know what it is for you. I know for me there's been multiple times in my life, whether it be financially or a family situation, where in the moment my faith is shattered and weak and it's just, Lord, I, I, don't, I don't see the answer. There's no logical answer here. I don't get it. Lord, I don't see. What a beautiful and astounding truth that it, this is that before the Lord even put you in that situation, he knew what he would do. Amen? I think about Moses. You're going to go to Pharaoh. You're going to tell him to let my people go. Moses, I'm not eloquent of speech. What am I going to do? What am I going to say? Hey, who made man's mouth? Amen? The Lord knew. He gave Moses a massive, massive task, something that seemed super gnarly and impossible, but the Lord didn't send him in unequipped. The Lord knew what he would do. Amen? And again, whatever it is for you and whatever it is for me, maybe it's super gnarly, guys. I encourage you. The Lord sees you. He knows what it is, and he knows what he's going to do. Amen? Right on. Verse 7, Philip answered it like maybe most Americans or maybe we would. <laughs> Philip answered him, 200 denarii worth of bread is not sufficient for them, that every one of them may have a little. Jesus says, hey, there's a massive crowd. We need to feed them. What do we do? In the other gospels, they said basically that they had been listening to Jesus teach all day long. They had been sitting. They had been receiving. They had been listening to Jesus teach. And after some time, maybe they realize, oh, it's getting later. There's no way these guys are going to get back. They need to be fed. And I wonder if in the back of the disciples' heads, they were thinking the same thing. Like, oh, we better release these guys soon. They, they need to get home because I'm not sharing my Cheez-Its. There's just no way. I don't know. But Philip, to find an answer to the, to the question, to the proposition that the Lord's made, maybe knowing how much the price of bread is in that region, says, God, Jesus, 200 denarii, which is basically about six months and about 20 days, or like six and a half months or so of a day's wage. A day's wage was about one denarii. denarii. Six and a half months isn't enough to buy each of them a little bit. If we had six and a half months of money, worth of money, if I had all this bread, I couldn't get them a little bread. <laughs> so he throws money at the issue. And guys, I, I can't help but think that's our proclivity. We do the same thing, don't we, when faced with things like this, of a financial 
nature. Maybe the bills aren't paid. And you're looking at the gather account. Lord, I, I don't have enough to pay half of my spectrum bill, let alone the whole thing. I don't know what it is. But I think this is a really relatable statement that Philip makes here. Guys, God is much bigger than your bank account. Amen? I know it's a simple truth. I don't know. Reading that, I was encouraged. Because I feel like for us, in this amazing, blessed place that we live, in the cushy lives that we have, a lot of our problems seem to revolve around money. Now, not all of them. And I don't mean to hound you, or I'm, I'm not coming down on you, but it's the reality. God is much bigger than your bank account. He's not limited to it. Amen? Let's not put that, that limit on our Lord, on our God. He wants to do much, much bigger things. Verse 8. <clears throat> Actually, water. Then verse 8. One of his disciples, Andrew... Now, Andrew is Peter's brother. Andrew has a reputation. He brought Peter to the Lord. He's a people person. He brings people to Jesus. Awesome. Guys, be an Andrew. He's always bringing people to Jesus, and he brings this little lad, and it says, oh, I'm sorry. We'll do eight and nine. I'm sorry. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, there is a lad here who has five barley loaves and two small fish. But what are they among so many? Oh, Andrew is so close. He's so close. He's sniffing it. He's on the right track. He's so close. Andrew says, hey, Jesus, there's a little lad here. He brings him to Jesus and he says, hey, he's got five loaves and two fish. But what are they among so many? Oh, Andrew, you were so close. It's easy to read these chapters, to read this about the disciples and just be like, oh, scrub. Oh, don't you see, Andrew? Don't you see, Philip? But man, how often are we like this? Lord, I know you can come through in this situation and I know you have in the past. Lord, I know you know my situation and what you'll do, but man, we're so close. And the Lord is exercising and growing our faith in that way. But how relatable are these two guys? Man, so close. Verse 10. I love verse 10. Then Jesus said, make the people sit down. Back to back, the disciples are 0 for 2. <laughs> Philip, what are we going to do? Lord, we don't have enough money. Andrew brings the lad. But what are they amongst so many? We're 0 for 2 in the, in the big faith category. Batten zero. But the Lord in his mercy and compassion to these guys does not disqualify them from service to him. Amen? He says, no, no, but here's what you can do. Go make them sit down. Guys, if I can encourage you with another thing here. If you have wavered in your faith or you've blown it in an area where you feel like the Lord has disqualified you or cut you off, 
Or if you feel like the Lord's just like, Josh, sit down. I, you, you're worthless. How many times do I have to show you that I will pull through, that I know the situation? You, oh, you of little faith. Just go over there, sit over there, and I'm going to do a miracle. Praise the Lord that that's not our God, amen? He works with them. He says, okay, guys, maybe you don't see. But here's what I want you to do. Go, go make them sit down. Guys, I would encourage you, don't, if you are discouraged, don't disqualify yourself when the Lord would love to still use you, amen? Is the Lord making you go to seat people in the grass? Don't be so prideful, if I could say that, in saying, no, 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 I, if, if I can't get this right, I'm not going to step up and do what the Lord's called me until I can get this right. If the Lord has called you to do something, do it. Be faithful. I'm sure these guys were discouraged. How many other times in the Gospels do we see Jesus test them or ask them a question and they miss the mark? But Jesus in his mercy says, hey, hey, go. Here's what you can do. Go, go sit the people down. Praise the Lord he doesn't cut us off and clip us. Amen? Amen. Now there was much grass in the place. So the men sat down in number about 5,000. So the disciples go and they see everyone. And Jesus took the loaves. And when he had given thanks, he distributed them to the disciples and the disciples to those sitting down and likewise to the fish as much as they wanted. So when, the, or so when they were filled, he said to the disciples, gather up the fragments that remain so that nothing is lost. He sits everybody down. And what does he do before the show begins? He blesses the food. Guys, <laughs> men, dads, husbands. It may seem silly, but if Jesus prayed over food, lead your family in prayer over your food. <laughs> Again, I'm not going to make this the marquee point of today. But if Jesus blessed the food and broke it, we probably should too, amen? It does feel silly, right? At times, good bread, good meat, good God, let's eat. I'm hungry. Let's get this show on the road. But if God himself saw the importance of blessing that meal, maybe we should too. Now this was unique, right? It's going to be multiplied to the people. But I would just encourage you. Dads, if you've stopped, kick it up again. If you're in public, you're at Avalon, or wherever you're at, the bakery, and you guys sit down as a family or a couple, bow that head. Man, I, I, it's happened a few times, and I, and I know many people who have, who have said this as well, but the times that I've said, hey, I know we're in public. I know it's a busy restaurant, but we're going to bow our heads. We're going to pray for this meal. We're going to thank the Lord for this meal. Someone comes up, hey, hey, thank, I just want to say thank you. It's encouraging to see someone take time and pray publicly. Again, I don't want to make that the marquee point of today, but guys, I think it's a cool point. If you've stopped, start again. Amen? Verse 12, 
I guess we'll read 11 and 12. So Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed them to the disciples, and the disciples to those sitting down, and likewise of the fish, as much as they wanted. So when they were filled, the language filled there, it literally means glutted. (laughs) They were packed. It was all you can eat. And they were full. Philip is saying, hey, six months of wages isn't enough to give them a little bit. The 5,000 men plus the women and children were filled to the brim. How many of you love Thanksgiving? Amen. Glutted. (laughs) Filled to the brim. Jesus took this situation which Philip and maybe the other boys, no doubt the other boys who were following the disciples, looked at and said, this is going to be a tough one. Let's see what he does here. And those who were there, again, for the wrong reasons, maybe, for just the signs and wonders, they were filled to the brim. They were glutted. The Lord moved with compassion toward these people. He could have given them just enough. It would have made his point wonderfully. When he says, hey, you're, you're longing for bread that perishes. That little meal, that meal that I gave you guys, aren't you hungry again? But Jesus goes above and beyond our expectations, guys. Again, when the Lord does something, he wants to do it big. Allow room for the Lord to work. He does something marvelous. From an impossible situation to, ugh, I can't move. That's our God, guys. Lord, there's nothing in the bank. Rent is tomorrow. Lord, I know you see me and I know you know what you're going to do. Open up the door and maybe a check is on the ground for more than enough. I can't tell you how many times as a family growing up, there were just bags of groceries on our doorstep. The Lord provides above and beyond. It's an issue of our faith, guys, but he works in spite of our faith. Amen? Can I encourage you, if your faith is faltering or slipping away, just know the Lord is still going to work. He still wants to bless you. He still wants to go above and beyond because that's his character. He's compassionate. He's merciful. He's a good, good father. He is the bread of life. He is our bread. He would speak to these guys, this crowd, spiritually. They were after the physical. They wanted another meal. They would follow him. They wanted another meal. They wanted another, another filling of their gut. Guys, we're going to get hungry again. The world, the trials, the things we go through, we're going to get hungry again. But can I encourage you, fill yourself up with Jesus. He is the bread of life. Ingest him. When the bills aren't paid, when there's family trouble, when the kid just hasn't come home, he's off the rails, whatever's going on, as we talked last week, the prodigal, you can try to fix the problem with money or with another crafty solution, but I can tell you it's going to leave you hungry. 
take in the Lord Jesus Christ and Him crucified. He is the bread of life. And you will see that problem, that faith built up, fulfilled. Amen? Man, He wants to do awesome things in us and for us. But He also, like Philip, He wants to test our faith. He wants us to grow. So you're going to get tested. You're going to go through things. Let's not be shocked or surprised when hard things happen and say, Lord, what's going on? He wants us to grow. He wants us to depend upon Him. Again, he, guys, He knows what He's going to do before you even knew it was coming. Amen? Therefore, they gathered them up and filled twelve baskets with the fragments of the five barley loaves which were left over by those who had eaten. <coughs> Excuse me, guys, I'm sorry. Then those men, when they had seen the sign that Jesus did, said, Truly, this is the prophet who is to come in the world. They filled up 12 baskets. Talk about proving a point. I'm sure each one of the boys were like, I don't know about this one. Jesus gives them each a tasty reminder. He gives them each something that says, Hey, I'm capable. I know the Lord's given me a lot of baskets of food in my day. An answered prayer, whatever it is. I don't know what it is for you guys too, but I know the Lord's given you something that he's done something marvelous and he goes above and beyond and now you have this thing, this, this token, this gift from the Lord that you can look at and say, Lord, you're faithful. You're good. And I wonder if that basket was meant for these disciples to say, hey, Remember. Remember this. You can depend upon me. This is for you, this leftover. I fed these people. I fed this crowd, but really what I've just done is for you too. We have a basket. That's it. <laughs> Guys, the big thing today as you go along your merry way. If you're going through something and it's hard, it's gnarly, can I encourage you? Jesus knows what He is going to do. We are not given a spirit of fear, but of peace, love, and a sound mind. 2 Timothy 1.7 teaches us. This thing is to build your faith. We are being refined day by day to look more and more like Jesus. So guys, keep our eyes on the Lord. Know that He knows what He's going to do. He wants to stretch you. He wants to grow your faith. And He wants to do amazing things in and through you guys. And He doesn't want to disqualify you. He wants to use you. So get in the game. Amen? Are we doing a... <clears throat> prayer it up. Prayer, prayer. Always prayer. Father, thank you so much for this morning. Lord, we pray for David. Lord, we pray for Ariel and their sweet little boy. We pray that you would just uh, touch that family, heal that family. Lord, physically and Lord, we pray for Steve and the Suggs and 
India? Father, would you have your hand on us today? Would we be encouraged by you? Lord, we don't need to be frightened when the crowd approaches. We don't need to be frightened when the things happen. Lord, we know that things are hard, but Lord, we know that you are capable. Lord, you're merciful, you're gentle, you're compassionate. You're all-knowing, Father. We can trust you. We can put our faith in you. So Jesus, I pray that today our faith will be bolstered and that we would be able to go out, Lord, and trust you a little more each day. Father, we love you. Thank you for your word. Jesus, come get us soon. Lord, we want to see you. But Lord, would we be plowing the field? (laughs) while we're here. In your name, amen.